Thank you for such kind words. Like I said, I might have said that when I first went to Fiji after getting touched by God in November of 94, the visitation of God ended up in the nation of Fiji. And uh, uh, was, I was going to be speaking in a conference of leaders. And uh, it was the Lord fastest growing church in Fiji. And the guy, the name of the pastor was Poati Mata who's the head of the gas industry in the nation. And so we were walking down the streets of Suva. And he said, well, uh, you know, um, you know, we'll put you on and we'll see what you got. And if it ain't good, you get a ticket and go home the next day. And that was my first introduction, you know, to ministry. And I never forget when he got up the first night. And uh, he goes, yeah, anyway, this guy's from Hawaii. So he's got a... He's got called in the Fiji. Let's just see what he's got. And I'm like, you know, that was my first introduction. You know, it's kind of like, so this was way more gracious and everything like that. I think the first one worked a lot better because I was so scared that I just like, because I didn't want to go home right away, you know. Didn't have a ticket home yet. And it's kind of like, so I just believe that God would be merciful to me. And um, he shook the city, so that was great. Father, we just welcome the Holy Ghost today. We, we really are so thankful that the Spirit of God is so absolutely um, yearning, absolutely yearning for the glory of Jesus, yearning that he would be so exalted, so lifted up, so known, that the image of God would be healed through the person of Jesus Christ, so that people would know who the Father is, so they'd be able to walk a life that blood paid for. Lord, we just thank you with the spirit of the living God. We really don't have any confidence in ourselves, Lord, and what's left will be taken care of by the grace of God. But Lord, we absolutely adore Jesus today. We really do. We love you. Lord, I thank you so much for Pastors Dwayne and Joel, Lord, who have invited me today. I really do count it as a privilege, and I really do. And I thank you so much for that. And so, Lord, I just love you today. Your presence will be here. Impartation will take place. Transformation always takes place. Things will happen. Things will shift in this house today. Things will shift in people's lives today by the Spirit of God. So that we've been from one place where we were to another place we've never been. By a work of God, in one moment of time, something changes. It is your nature, Lord, to change us day by day, moment by moment. But it's also your nature to do what's never been done and never been seen in a moment, to really shift our thinking, to release revelation, to release identity, Lord, to reawaken something that you've spoken years ago, and now all of a sudden we see it like we've never seen it before, because the moment we really see what you're looking at, then we can become that sight to other people because we become what we see. So we thank you so much, O oh Lord, that you've been, you're in this season, you're healing so many of our identities, so we begin to see the way you see us. And Lord, the way you see us, Lord, when we see what you, how, what you think about us and what you see in us, we can become what we've always been. So we just thank you so much for the power of Almighty God that brings change. We thank you, Lord, absolutely. There's never been a season like this in history where light can be more brighter, where the shining brilliance of Jesus can be made more known, where all the impossibilities can bow to the name of Jesus. Lord, 
Lord, the unprecedented moment in time, Lord, where you wrap up things in a certain prophetic realm where entire nations come to God. Cities tremble before the glory of God. Lord, darkness flees, Lord, at the light of the believers, shining by the thousands, O oh Lord, in cities and towns. There's never been a time like this in history. So we joyfully anticipate the good. Lord, we have the certainty and the evidence on the inside that every promise of God that was paid for by the blood of Jesus, Lord, is going to happen because it was paid for by the blood of Jesus. So I thank you, Lord, for the release this morning. Lord, you know my heart is just to come to serve this vision, to serve this pastor, both these pastors, Lord, and that's just something that's been in my heart since I first come here. So I pray, God, that you would articulate what's in your heart and you would form my statements. But, Lord, it's beyond what I say. It is who is released. And I pray, God, that spirits would be coming alive and there'd be an emerging, Lord, an emerging of things to coalesce in this house, oh, Lord, for the fulfillment in Jesus' name. I give you all the glory for it. I shout for joy. I shout for joy. What you're doing in us, oh, Lord, and through us in Jesus' name, because you're so magnificent. We love you. We love you. My phrase, my personal phrase, uh, just one of my things I, I wrap my heart around is it's my own phrase, to have a magnificent obsession with the invisible. To have a magnificent obsession for the invisible. <laughs> now what you can't see, but what he said. Because if you see what he said, it becomes visible. It's just the way it works. It's just the way it works. Um, I'm going to show um, this video, and then I'm going to give the name of the message, and then we're going to minister to the house. And I have to admit that, you know, the, a lot of times you kind of just know what God wants to do and say, but I didn't. I didn't. And because I would not want to come here and just say something that did not have meaning and did not serve the house, um, I was driving home about 11.30 last night from another place. Then I called my wife. I always put my wife to bed, call her up. And when I'm overseas, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll call her six, seven times a day, you know, and that's the way it goes. And uh, we're married 39 years, and we're going all the way. Amen. But the reality is, is like I said, we were talking about some things, and I said, you know, the, I, really, I really love this, these pastors, and I really, really feel strongly that I, I really want to serve them tomorrow. I really, I really do. And, um, and, and she wanted to know where I was going again. I, just, I said, you know, I, I, I just don't know what to say. I just don't know. And I still want to say stuff, put out some old message. I still want to do that. I, said, I, really, I really want something. You know, the, whenever you really want something, really want something, and there's a hunger for it, you know you're going to get it. And it, I was almost in tears. It was like I just really wanted to be a blessing. And so I said, would you pray with me? And yes, God, if he gives you anything for this house, you know, because we're a team. And um, first she didn't get anything, and then she got something, and that was what it was, what it was. And when I woke up this morning, it's kind of like everything came real clear. So, but we're going to start with this. This, is, this video is just what took place in one nation one day. And... 
The eyes of the world are upon Nicaragua. Because today, the first day, es una Nicaragua nueva. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His mighty acts will be told to those not yet born. seed is planted, but you cannot control how the soil responds. In July of 2016, the local pastors of Nicaragua united in one spirit to cry out for their nation. The results of that historic movement created a chain reaction of favor and open doors across every system across the nation. A movement was born. At the very same time around the world, the global church was coming together, a team from 33 nations impassioned and united for one purpose. Thousands responded, laying down their egos and logos, leveraging their influence, praying and interceding, carrying the faith and expectation that the world has not yet seen. Then in July of 2017, the global team was commissioned in Miami with a clear objective, the salvation and transformation of Nicaragua. I ask you, Father, for the salvation and transformation of a nation. The church united is going to do what the world divided could never do. The largest missions team in history then locked arms with the national movement. What happened next is what future generations will hear. Thousands of Nicaraguans gathered simultaneously in 12 capital cities across the nation. They didn't gather to see a man or hear a band. They gathered to demonstrate their passion for national transformation. Millions watched live as it was broadcasted on Nicaragua's major television and radio stations and across Latin America. When the eyes of the world are upon a nation, it is most often because of war, crisis, or athletic achievements. But tonight, the eyes of the world are upon Nicaragua. Because today, it's the first day, es una Nicaragua nueva. We're no longer defined by our past. We stand united. We speak to our future. I am 
Nicaragua brilla. And when I shine, the nation shines brighter. This moment will be recorded in the history books of heaven. I lay the nation of Nicaragua at the feet of Jesus. One nation, one day is never the end. It is always the beginning. A nation has been laid at the feet of Jesus. Now, it must stay there until eternity. This is what future generations will hear. This is One Nation, One Day. get emotional every time I look at that, especially when I see my son preaching to 150,000 people. I get emotional. I got to show a video to see him. I don't have a nice number around anymore, you know. Then we have, I think, you know, Ken Sand in here, visiting today. He's been with us in One Nation One Day in Honduras, Dominican Republic, and Nicaragua. And a um, young guy, I think he's 67, 68 years old. I think Scott and Julie Baxter are there with us in One Nation, One Day in Nicaragua. And um, Keith Johnson, who I just saw in the bathroom, um, he was with us in One Nation, One Day in the Dominican Republic. And um, this is not, the, you know, this is, I'm not promoting this today or anything like that, nor am I recruiting or anything like that, you know. You know but but just, uh, just so you know, Ken, I just found out, uh, last, last night, I just found out, because I'll do whatever nation they ask me. And uh, there will be three. Na- next year, we actually go back to every one of the nation because we're perpetuating what God did. So we're building lasting relationships with all the global church that keeps coming into the nation and keeps serving, giving a nation to God. And so that, that always that's taken place. Many of these men that you saw at the crusade, you know, are pastors of churches in Australia, you know, different parts of the United States and the world. And they come and they simply um, lay it all aside for a week to co-labor with all of us together for one purpose, one vision, the theme of the campaign to give a nation to God. And so, you know, they just lay it all down. You never know who they are. If you don't know their ministry, you don't know they got a church of 15,000 or 5,000 because it's not about that. We get this amazing privilege to work together for a moment in time. To, and the one thing, reason why this works uh, is not because it's God's vision, is one of the reasons why it works is because there's total unity. There's totally covenant, total respect, total celebration, total honor. We, we definitely come to serve a vision that's way bigger than ourselves. And as we've seen, it comes right back on the local church and on the vision, in the nation and outside the nation. And you hear these stunning reports of something that took place that was deposited in leaders that literally shaped them to go back into their regions and their cities and their countries. And they're just like something shifts. And, and, and so because we, did, we want to bless the local church, we honor the local church. And so um, then God honors that. You know what I mean? So just so you guys know, uh, I found out last night the nation will do in July. Next year is Nicaragua again. And I was willing to go to any other nation. Just happened to be that, as I told you before, I had a vision on a horse uh, of God doing exactly what he did nine and a half years later. 
last year. There comes a moment when God speaks, and when he really spoke, really does come to pass. When you're married to a promise, then you will walk down the aisle with it to fulfillment. That's just the way it goes. When you're married to the invisible, and you're married to the promise, and you, and you, and you, you keep yourself focused on that in the midst of everything that's happening, and you stay focused on the fact that blood paid was paid for that promise, and God's going to bring it to pass, and you stay that course, and you keep encouraging yourself in that direction. There comes a moment you walk down the aisle with your promise. There will always be fulfillment. Isaiah, I think it's in Isaiah 34. It says that every promise of God has a mate. Every word of God has a mate, and that mate is fulfillment. Isaiah 34:16. that word has a fulfillment. So when God has given you a word, Jesus paid blood for the Father to speak that into your life. So it really is amazing. And that is the only reality. That's why I'm saying I want to have a magnificent obsession with the invisible. Because if you look into the invisible, you know, because all hope is future and all hope is invisible. But the real hope becomes visible and becomes now. And it becomes, it becomes real in your life as you lock into that which is invisible to the eyes of the natural and the circumstances around you. But it's what God sees and what God's looking at. See, God is only looking at what he's looking at. So therefore, if you're looking some other way, you got, we're not we're on the same page with God. We're not in agreement. But if you look at what God looks at, God's got an agreement to co-labor with someone to birth and to bring forth something. And he seems to be able to bring everything into alignment for an assignment that's always impossible. It's always impossible. Always impossible. When I woke up this morning, I already had a sense of what God was going to do. But I, I immediately woke up. And, uh, and the sign of the church came right in front of me, but it was spelled different. And that's the name of the message. The name of the church that you wore is New Horizon. And all of a sudden, when I woke up this morning, it was New Horizons. It was New Horizons. The S was on the horizon. And I realized that New Horizons, you know. And see, there comes a time in your life when there's a name change. And in Genesis 17, verse 5, I believe, you, you see that God came to Abra Abraham and he said, you're, you're going to be called Abraham. See, before God does anything to fulfill what your name means, and he, he has to change your name if your current name is not what it means in God's eyes. So Abraham means fa uh, exalted father. It means exalted father, a very singular word, exalted father. And he said, your name will no longer be Abram, but your name will be Abraham, which means father of a multitude. In other words, Abraham had to accept a name change, which became his identity before he saw the things happen to be able to create that identity. And therefore, there's a name change that God's giving to this church today. It's not just New Horizon. It's New Horizons. And there's a name change that's going to come to many of you to begin to lock into the way God has said uh, things to you, the way God has spoken over your life. You see, but what your name is, is what God has said about you, what God has said about this house, what God has said to your family, what God has said to your business, what God has said to your, your ministry, what God has said to you is your name changed. And the moment you embrace that and you say, that's my name, there's a change in your own heart and mind and you begin to walk in your name. You begin to walk with a grace upon you to actually walk before you even have the answer, before you even see the break through. You were walking the, uh, who you are. Sarai means my lady or my princess. And he said, your name shall be Sarah, mother of nations. Mother of nations. Before she had one kid, 
and you will learn that the real promises of God in your life, the real things that God wants to do, that only God can do, there will be a seeming long delay. And it seemed to be the death of every possible natural way to birth a promise that only God can fulfill. And that's the difficult journey in the prophetic. See, the prophetic is so important to God because it releases the mind and heart of God. But, when we, but it's, it's instantaneous if you believe it in your heart. So you walk now what's already then. Like you're in heaven now before you go to that aspect of heaven later. You're, you see, you've got to be able to do that. So that's why the, God has always has to renew our minds and cause our heart to wrap around something. And then a process begins where he changes you through that promise into the vehicle, the church, the family, the ministry, the business to fulfill that promise. That's the way it works. So when God wants to do something astronomically beyond the, your wildest dreams, something like that, it'll never, it's never been done before. It's never been seen before. And it's whether or not you will believe it or not and allow your name to be changed and walk in your name. I imagine when you have, even when you have one kid, one kid, it's still not a multitude. Even if you have one kid, it's not nations. Right? That's why I told Abraham, since your name has changed, you might want to count stars. You might want to start counting stars. Start counting stars. Keep on counting until you finally figure it out. There's, it's, there's no number to what's coming out of you. There's no number that's coming out of you. It's going to be so large. So New Horizons is the name. Now let's, let's just break that down a little bit. I'm going to talk, I'm going to, and I'll tell you something about this. In, in, in March of 2012, my son had never done this before, never he, within a, a matter of a short period of time, he went from never wanting to do anything for God but write a check, which he got so broke he couldn't, and uh, not wanting to preach, not wanting to minister, not wanting to be a pastor, not wanting to be any of these things because of what he saw his mom and dad go through on the front lines of ministry. He said, there's no way I'm going to do that. If it's going to end up looking like that, I'm not doing that. And it's like that's just the way it was. And so in a very short period of time, and it happened right first in Nicaragua in the front seat of a crusade I was doing years ago, and the Holy Ghost came on him. And it was the beginning of the restoration of the call of God in his life that leads him to where he, that led him to where he is today. It happened in Nicaragua. So Dominic Russo had met my son in the Amazon, and um, when, they went up the, when he went up the Amazon, and, you know, my son all of a sudden began preaching with power. Miracles broke out everywhere. So Dominic felt to have him do a crusade with him in La Ceiba, Honduras. And the vision was that at that time, they already did crusades and cities, you know, around in the nations. But that was the beginning of something of a name change. Where all of a sudden, the borders and the limits of their thinking of what God could possibly do became a what if God could do this to us. What if this could happen in this season, in this time? What if? Everything became a what if. What if a nation can be born in a day? What if we can not just do one crusade in one city, the capital, but do crusades all over the nation at the same time, in the same night, 
to be televised around the world? What if we can find a way into the very uh, seven mind molders of society, the spheres of influence, and begin to influence on all realms to bring actual real transformation? What if this is possible? What if you can give a nation to God? What if we can be the answer of, of saying, ask of me and I will give you nation? What if, what if, what if? That's, the, that's where the, the was. And I went down just to carry my son's bags, who was going to preach for the first time in his life, to a crowd. And as a, and as a result of, and be, but before, and no one knew me, I didn't know anybody, and we, we liked it that way. I was there to serve my son. I changed, of course, but, and I remember meeting Dominic Russo right now. He was probably 28 then, 35 years, 34, 29, 28, 29. And he was in the hotel, and my son, you know, said, oh, this is my dad, you know, and, you know, my dad, and, you know, and Dom is, oh, nice to meet you, Pastor Toho, it's great things about you, it's awesome. And I'm just sitting there saying hi, and the Spirit of the Lord just fell on me right there in the hotel, first meeting. And we're sitting right there in the hotel where people are checking into La Sabre, Honduras, where we're going to run a test run and may, might turn into a one nation one day. What if? And I was just talking to him and stuff, and all of a sudden I got prophesying over the guy. And I said, here's the deal. I had no idea what they were doing. I, I just came to carry my son's badge and serve. I had no idea what they were doing. Just doing this crusade. I didn't know what they were doing. And so I just said, here's the deal. God, I said, um, I don't know what you're doing, but here's what's going to happen. I go, God is going to actually give you nations to steward. He's actually going to give you specific nations in the earth that you are going to have a responsibility in this ministry to actually do th that which is on a transformational re in a realm, in a realm of actually seeing the transformation of a nation. So you're not just going to be doing ministry or crusades and all this stuff. What you're actually going to be doing is God's going to give you a fathering heart and he's going to raise up people to work with you and the vision to actually lay nations at the feet of God, but then have perpetuation to ongoing transformation with ongoing reformation within that nation until the nation looks like the Lord. And he was just like looking at me like that. And I'm sure I wasn't the only one that said that to him. But you know what? That's exactly what happened. There was a name change. It wasn't just doing crusades anymore. It wasn't just uh, uh, doing certain things. It was actually how can we impact an entire nation? See, according to the burning of your heart and the revelation that you have of what is possible in God will come the voice of God to speak to you and show you indeed it is true. That's why to ever think small or to ever think limited or to ever, to ever to be in that realm will, will always only limit your ability to actually hear in your heart what God wants to say to you because your mind is too small. And that's exactly what happened. And I never forget we were on the platform and there were 30,000 people there. And my son had never preached before. And he did the evangelism the first night. Dom was going to do the healing. I was going to help him the second night, as it turned out. And what happened was that um, when, when we were sitting there, you know, you got the chief of police, you got a, we got political people, 30,000 people. And in, in, in the, at the end of the, the meeting, after God moved, I think 20,000 got saved. And I mean, it was the loss were there. And it's like, I, I never forget a Dominic Russo turned to the president. We heard we had a representative of President Lobo, a representative of the government. And we'd like you to just say hi. So she walked, she, she stood there, and he turned to her, 
Because when you have a vision that God's going to accomplish, you end up saying and doing things that make it happen. And he turned and said, he goes, and, and he did, all he did was this, do I have your word from the president that what we see tonight will now become a one nation one day and that you'll give us every capital city of every single department and state in this country? Do I have your word from the president himself that he says yes? And she was standing on the spot and she goes, yes. And one nation one day was born. And they gave us every capital city of every single state. And we did 18 simultaneous crusades in one night. Unheard of. Never seen. This one right here, what took place, it was filmed by TBN. And it's going to be part of a documentary of moves of God in the 20th century in the last 100 years. And it's an, and actually filmed the entire thing. You see, God will, will cause all kinds of things to come together for a vision that's so big that you will embrace it so you don't have to worry about who will come, where the money will come, what will happen here, and it's all impossible every step of the way to the very last moment. This was a, a socialist dictatorship. I could tell you story after story after story of every attempt that was made to try to stop in everything. That uh, Managua in that plaza that night the president, who wouldn't be there, was in shock when he realized that there were 150,000 people one week after the revolutionary celebration, which came nowhere near that crowd. And the church of Jesus Christ rose up in that nation all over the country and began to say, Nicaragua Priya, Nicaragua Exceptional, Nicaragua Illustrious, Nicaragua Glorious, Nicaragua Shining. And one voice and one language, and God did what was never been seen before. A horizon line where the earth or the sea seems to meet, the sky. A horizon is the limit of a person's mental perception, his experience, or interest. A horizon is the line of the furthest place you can see. Your horizon is determined by how far you want to stretch that thing to see. The limit of what is possible in a particular field of activity, the root word limiting, limiting is the context. The horizon is not there to be limit you. The horizon is to be so far out there that there is no limit. It's so far away. The word new means not existing before. The word new means discovered recently or now for the first time. It's new. It just began to exist. We see the horizon before we get to it. And we know certain aspects of what it looks like before we realize it. And the name of this church is no longer New Horizon. The, the Spirit of God says your name, your identity is New Horizons. New Horizons. In other words, the horizon that you've already seen, the things that you've already done in obedience to God, the nations and the, and the ministries locally, nationally and internationally are part of that horizon. But now God says, not only that, I want to give new horizons for you. 
I want to release things in your understanding about things I have for you and this house and you and your life that literally shatters the pre-existing horizon that's limited you only to certain things which seem big enough, but they're not big enough at all. In fact, even when I was sitting over there at the table on the stool behind the, um, over there, and I picked up a, a, a cassette. I'm not a cassette, what do you call them, CD thing. And I looked at it, and my, my, my eyes played tricks with me again. I looked, I said, New Horizon Churches. I blinked my eyes, I went, and said, New Horizon Church. And the New Horizon Churches. I said, I don't know if I want to say that too. Not only your New Horizons, but you also have New Horizon Churches. My eyes were playing tricks with me, or were they? Now you might say, how does that work? You never get down to the how-to before you embrace something that it will be you. So you are the church you've been waiting for. You are the couple you've been waiting for. You are. You are the family you've been waiting for. It's you. There's nowhere else. You are the one that you've been waiting for. So what God says, what you are, and you look at it, and you look at somewhere, it better be that person. I don't know if I can do that. You, that's not your identity. You are the one you've been waiting for. Isaiah 54. And the reason why I showed this today is that all it began was a what if and a willingness to give Jesus something more than what he had already. And not wait for someone else to do it, but be willing to be the answer to doing it, even though it looked impossible. I mean, my son was 28. Don was 28, 29. Gabe was as late, uh, maybe 30. Matt, Matt was uh, 27, 28, 27 years old. When four guys began to dream, what would it look like to give a nation to God? What would it look like? What is possible? And you see, that's always part of the journey that will keep you from lim being limited. Because one of the things that always caused God kind of a heart pain, Psalm 78, 41, it says, you limited the Holy One of Israel. You limited. He said, well, we want the Holy Ghost. One way to limit the power of God and the victory of God in your life is through limitation. This is a mindset where you really say, God, you only has these boundaries, go so far with me, with my life, with my calling, with my family, with my church, with my business. He can only go so far. I mean, when you set limits on a God who's always expanding and always wants to do the new, that what you do is you're actually keeping yourself from an intimacy with God and a life of faith. Remember, righteousness is from faith to faith. God rewards people for faith. And when you have a belief for something else, to him it's a kind of righteousness and right standing with God. Isaiah 54, sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. That was, my wife didn't even know the scripture existed God wants to enlarge this house, that she said to me on the phone. Isn't there some scripture like that? I go, yeah, there's something in there. I can't remember right now. I'm tired. But she goes, uh, isn't there something? I, 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 he just wants to, like, expand, their, enlarge their viewpoint of who they are and what they're about to accomplish for God. 
That's what she said to me last night. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make desolate cities to be inhabited. Now, everybody knows that scripture, but then it comes a day it becomes your name. One thing to know that's about, that that's going to happen, but it's another thing to know that it's you. See, that's your name. The scripture is part of your name, part of the new. Now, the word sing means to shout for joy, overcome, give a ringing cry, and rejoice. Now, who's doing the singing? The barren. The person who's got a vision that was not yet birthed. A person who's got an idea that's never yet been realized. A person who's tried to even have children, can't have children. Or a ministry that wants to have certain spiritual aspects of their calling, and they haven't been able to birth it. It's barren. Break forth. In other words, I've learned something about faith. I know when I really haven't, I'm happy. When I know when I'm really walking in faith, I know when I'm really walking in faith, I'm joyful. I know I'm really walking in faith. I have peace and joy in believing. And I really know when I'm living in hope when I'm rejoicing. When I'm actually waking up rejoicing when everything looks impossible, I, I'm not trying to praise him. I'm actually in real hope. See, when the Bible says hope against hope, I, I never liked that translation. What it really means is hope in the vicinity of hope. Hope that's already in the vicinity, already in the space you've been walking in. You're already walking in hope. So when there's something new to hope for, when it went on for 13 more years and ends up 25 years total before the promise was born, he was in hope. And then he got even stronger in hope and stronger in hope until he had an unstaggering faith. And at that moment, God was able to move. And that's part of the journey of real faith. Desolate means devastated. Life happens where you're stunned by bad things that happen that cause a wonder and astonishment, both positive and negative. More are the children of the barren. More, uh, more abundance, more increase. The root is heavy rain. It means bringing fertility. It means of great prophetic influence. That's what the word means. That word more means an increase of a greater prophetic influence for this house. That means you're going to become fertile where you could not be fertile before. To be fertile means to conceive children and have productivity. There are countries that have low fertility rates with not many children are born. Then there's other countries that have high fertility rates where many, many children are born. And the Lord says to you that you are a church of a very high fertility rate. You're going to be known as a very productive, producing children, producing many children in abundance, even from the barrenness that's existed, even from the barrenness in whatever area of life. God says more are the children of the barren than of the married woman. So when I get a word like that, I jump, I shout, because I believe it. It's in me. And then when you're walking in that, you start attracting everything you need to bring it to pass. Because you're living in union with God. You're living in union with his eyesight. You're looking at things the way he does. And you have a living, breathing hope on the inside of you. And he's going to enlarge or make room to grow wide, to expand. 
tent, the real meaning of the word tent, not just tent, it's something that you can see clearly from a distance. Meaning God's about to increase the distance by which people can see. It's really interesting that this week, I've only been here a couple of days, but um, I just run into people and somebody said, where are you going to be? I said, I'm going to be this place on Sunday. They go, yeah, that's a great church. And then I was at somewhere else and someone said, that, that's a good work. And someone else said, that's, that's a good church. No, I've been here before. And it's kind of like, but I found it very interesting that from a distance, from a distance, someone was talking about this house. And that's going to become very conspicuous as God moves forward in the days of God. Stretch out. The part of the problem we all go through is stretching. I could tell you story after story after story you know, of being in this nation, because I went all over the nation before. I went three, four times into the nation, all over the nation, which is a lot of fun. And by the way, 2019 is the next one nation one day in Peru. <laughs> Take on Peru. Bring 5,000 missionaries. Do one in Lima, do 3,000, do one up there in the Andes Mountains, and do one up in, uh, what do you call it, the Amazon. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's going to be interesting. Stretch. What's the budget for something like that? 30 million, 35 million? Now you're going to believe for 5,000 people to come from all over the world to invest a week of their life in a nation called Peru and actually believe that the nation will be changed. The nation will be changed. The nation will be changed. Every obstacle will be blown away. Every hindrance will be blown away. I mean, there were so many times the president stopped what we were doing only to have prayer go up and he changed the next day. There were so many things that could go wrong. Even in our crusade, we had a torrential storm that never happened before. Can you imagine standing on the platform in a torrential storm when you bought a 1,000 seats for the dignitaries and the mayors and there's two people huddling there in the front without umbrellas under the pouring rain? Not a good moment. When the, when the field is no longer field, it's nothing but mud. You know, when the lights go out and the sound system is broken. And I never forget when the pastor who was working with me in the crusade came to the van and my wife was, was, was in the van. I was on the stage. Look, you know, and he said, Jana, there's no sound. I mean, they never covered the sound system. And there is, we can't use it. And my wife broke out in a belly laugh. My wife starts laughing hysterically. And he tried to tell her, you don't get it. He goes, I'm trying to tell you. It went out. And the more he said it, ah! she's laughing in his face. And then he finally figured it out. She's got it right. She goes, God can do anything. That, man, there's, there's, there's people here, they were in tents. This never happened to crusade. We put four tents up, my wife's idea, to heal the sick all night long. And we sent our missionaries to the tent. One tent blew down. And they can testify of a 1,000 people standing outside the tent, 1,000 outside this tent, 800 in front of that tent, standing in line to get a heal. Well, they were standing, many of them, in ankle-deep mud and water. And stood there for three to four hours, miracle after miracle after miracle. And there was a pastor's wife of the largest church in Matagalpa, and she was in one tent, prayed for somebody, had bells, palsy, the face straightened out. person began to speak. She said, I'm Nicaraguan, I can do it. And now she's taking teams of children and young people into other states, healing the sick. The worse it gets, it's only an opportunity for God to be his name called Wonderful. The more challenges you face, it's only another opportunity for God to display his wonders. That's what he does. 
Pharaoh didn't harden his heart? Great, I'll display my wonders. It even says, Pharaoh will harden his heart so that I may display my wonders. So if you run into hardness and you run into situation, confrontation, difficulties, and all these things, just know this. Just know this. God's saying, what are you talking about? I'm going to display wonders. I'm going to do things you've never seen before. I mean, no matter how bad it gets, oh, no problem. I'm going to display wonders. See, if you have a comeback like that in your life, this happened, well, God's going to do this. This happened, well, God's going to do this. This happened, well, God's going to do that. You are developing your generalship. You are developing an apostolic house that walks in power because you're convinced of what God said, and you live and walk and talk the reality. It says, spare not. Don't restrain. Don't keep in check. Don't hold down. But be courageous and strengthened by an unwavering commitment that you can enlarge. I don't care what the stretching feels like. I don't care if I don't know what it is yet. None of us knew what this was going to look like. None of us, no one ever tried it before. Don't you realize that what God's going to ask this house has never been tried before by somebody? Why not live in the, in where God lives instead of the limitation of thinking that always makes him small? New horizons. New horizons. Not new horizons. But New Horizons plural, not New Horizons Church, but New Horizons Churches is part of that too. And I've learned you have to walk in certain things, marry certain things, stay right there. I mean, the devil will be a devil. He's in misery hearing all of these things that you're talking about that are going to happen to him. Don't get miserable yourself because you're attacked. Realize it's only his feelings of being miserable being around you. And surround yourself with people that will push you beyond any limit or expectation you've ever had. I do not listen. I love everyone. I minister to everyone. But I don't listen to anyone that's going to put my God in a box, going to tell me it's impossible, tell me it's, I'm too old, tell me my kid cannot be saved, my, my, my kids cannot be what God said. Every one of my children will radically serve God. They will all be world changers. My daughter was down in L.A. yesterday in an ugly divorce situation, but she didn't let the call of God end up uh, destroyed in her life. She was down meeting with four models. Great models, and they did it for free. A photographer who did it for free to do a photo shoot in a home that was given for free. To, to, to begin to uh, advertise a clothing line that would be able to be sold, and the money would go to raise, uh, help girls from human trafficking. And it was, I mean, you can't get models for free. Two of them flew in from Paris, I think. You cannot get people to do this because it's going to come a day in your life where you're going to get over the thing like, well, I have to get, I don't get it this way. And if it don't happen that way, God says, forget the horse. You know, don't put your faith in anything that can only do what God can do. Co-labor with God in every realm you can. But when it comes to God doing the outrageous, you cannot live in that kind of thinking. It's the way it goes. 
Uh, Romans 4. I just love this phrase. In the Passion Translation, Romans 4, verse 17. I have made you the father of many nations. I have made you new horizons. I have made you new, fresh, birth, suddenly, horizons. New, uh, new dreams of new influence for the Lord. New dreams and new visions for the greatness of God. A rising up of anything dead because it's been barren to realize, you know what? I can't believe this. I serve a God that's going to cause my womb to be so fertile, cause my ministry, my business to be so fertile, cause everything that God's put in my life to be more abundant than I've ever seen in my life. There's only going to be an increase. And prophetic influence walks in testimony seen. All right. Are we good this morning? Are we all right? I'm trying to stay just right on track with what I'm supposed to say. God can do anything. I know. You know. He is our example and Father, for in God's presence, he believed that God can raise the dead. Where? In God's presence. Because if you're in other people's presence, you might, they're not going to be able to raise anything if you get around them. I have a friend. I'm going to see him tomorrow. I have some corporate. His name is Tyler Johnson. You'd love to meet him. Tyler, he knows you. You know him. Well, you know, he likes to raise the dead, you know, and so that may not actually cause his church to get nervous. Is that the original commandment of Jesus to heal the sick and raise the dead was relegated to the past ages. Even though they believe in miracles today, they got a limit on what God can do. The dead is too much. See, there's always going to be something that tests your faith and your belief in what God says is actually true. You don't even know it until you're asked to do the impossible or take a walk on water to do it at 3 in the morning when everybody else in the boat saying it's not a good idea. you got to be willing to live risk. you got to be willing to live risk. You know, some people think maybe I, I'm a little crazy or something about some of the things I do. They don't think it's intelligent. Obeying God that looks like risk is brilliance. If you want to be brilliant, believe God for what God says. And if it's really God talking to you, He's only talking about coming into the impossible where he lives. You want to be intimate with God? That's intimacy. Because when you look into him, you see a God that's unprecedented and explosive and excitement about what he wants to do. Let's finish with this. You are good. God, he believed before God. Get that straight this way first, and then you live out of that, and those that will believe with you will believe. Don't wait for an amen. I don't wait for any amen to do something that's impossible. I want, I want God to give me an amen, I'm good. Then whoever else wants to believe with me, God bless you. Whoever doesn't, no problem. I change my faith. And you got to do that as a leader to chart uncharted waters. And this house is called the chart uncharted waters. And call into being those things that don't exist yet. You know what the word call means? Shout. Lift up your voice and call those things into being. It's not just a positive confession. It's the cry of your soul that says, I'm unwilling to live without this. This began 12 years from me. I will see nations laid at the feet of Jesus. I will see the glory of that nation restored back to God. That's it. And at that day, I had a name change. And that day, something changed in my life. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, 
If you're living a life where the odds look good, God can wear with a he can win with a pair of deuces, but actually he can he can have a man fold with four aces when you got nothing in your hand. He's got that ability, he will win. Against all odds. If you're not doing things that are against all odds, if you're not going place against all odds, if you're not going to all the nations God wants to give you, if you're not hearing the other things that are beyond your own vision now, if your horizon is not new horizons yet, and you're going to hold back, then you've got no odds. you just got a little baby odds for what you're doing. How about impossible odds? That's so impossible. So impossible against all odds when it looked hopeless. Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word, and as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. Your horizons will be so many. You will wonder, my God, when does this stop? But you'll be living and creating at that level of walk. You don't have to wait and see what people are invited. Never look around and see who's around. Believe me, they'll flee. They'll stay in the boat. I'm not worried about that. I'm taking the walk, and, I'm, and you cannot walk on water and talk to people who live in a boat mentality. They can't help you in that moment when you're standing on waves that have never been stood on before, when you're walking into places no one's done before. If you actually believe in presidents, will sign off on an entire nation, let you do whatever you, you, you want to do. And that nation, we were able to do everything we wanted to do for Jesus Christ. And that was a great test. That was a testing ground for the more impossible. That was a testing ground. Because if we do Nicaragua, if we could see Nicaragua, of all countries, have that kind of response, and it's ongoing, then there's no nation that's too difficult. So the, the things that are difficult now are just get out, get win it. Because they're only preparing you for something. But when is it going to end? It's going to end when the Lord is glorified, when nations are out of free. It's going to end when it ends, folks. Don't write the end of, the, of, of your life or God's doings in the earth until it's over. In spite of being nearly 100 years old when the promise of having a son was made. Sometimes you hear a promise at a time, it is ridiculous. He's going to give you the promise when it's totally hopeless. And why can't God bring a prophetic word when it really is hopeless? Well, if you just would have gave this to me two years ago or maybe five years ago, why are you giving it to me now? Because it's impossible now for sure. And you've got to remember, after God changed Abraham's name, he still tried to pass off his wife as his sister a couple of chapters later. And when he still changed his name and Sarah's name, what did she do? She laughed. And God said, I heard he heard nothing. Nada. Now I heard you. I don't care. You're still having a kid. And there came a moment where she counted him faithful. Maybe for years that kind of faithful uh, understanding of God hasn't been in your life. So today, count him faithful. Today, count him faithful. If you haven't counted him faithful before, believe me, he's big enough to, like, move now. I mean, the guy had his wife as a sick girl. You sleep with her. I mean, that's not the way to get to the promise. But God changed some things around. The first five books of the Bible written by a murderer, 14 in the Old Testament. New Testament written by a murderer. God wants a nation born of Israel. He has one man sleep with four women, get 12 kids. He goes, I got it. That'll mess up holy people, man. But yet that, that nation that came out of 12 sons born from four different women, four different women are called the holy nation. 
So don't write yourself off because uh, of this or that or that or this. And God can win. God can win. He's good. He can win. I'd rather say yes now if I've said no my whole life. Say yes now because God has a way to multiply the fruit of what I've said yes. His faith was so strong at that point, it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. You guys are incapable of new horizons. And you see, that's, too, that's a bad place. That's the best place you can be. Because then God can give you so many horizons, you don't know what to do with it. He never stopped believing God's promise in either of you. I did feel the appreciation of God as I was driving here today. I did feel the appreciation of God for you guys and for the house and the stand of faith that you had. I, I, did, I did feel that appreciation of the Lord for this house and for these guys and for your leaders. I did. So I, I know that's true. I'm flattering. I'm just telling you the truth. So you ought to have it too. But not at the expense of the other horizons. And he, because he was mighty in faith and, considered glo and convinced that God had all power needed to fulfill his promise, Abraham glorified God. That's the word God gave us, my wife and I to bring. Today's the time for a name change. A name change. A name change. I think I, I'm, oh, I'm doing good on time. Stay in that song. The Spirit of God's in that song. The Spirit of God's right in this rhythm right now. Just keep playing it. It's okay. Just, just the way you're playing right now. Just the presence of God's in this song. Just in, the, just the way, just in this flow right now. Just let it happen. Just relax. Come on, Jesus. We love you so much. We worship you. La presencia de Dios para ti en el nombre de Jesús. We love you, Lord. We give you praise. You know, one of my dreams is, what, is to go into an entire city, take the entire leadership of the city out into the streets, out into the city, teach them visitation, and go out one day in the entire city. Yesterday I went to a church and um, Bonnie Lake, taught them the kingdom, had a great time, and I took them out. Garage sales, businesses, everywhere. People never really done a whole lot of that before. Coming back with amazing testimonies of touching the community. I want to do that. I'm going to be going back to do that thing with, with one city called Matagalpa, with all the leaders of the state. Bring them in together, put them in one place, feed them, teach them, work with them, love them, and go out and love the entire city in one day. And then stay afterwards and go to their churches, take their churches out, and what's, why not one city? become visited by the healing power and the glory of God. What about one city? Even if it's Fife, Kent, Burien, Des Moines, Seattle. What, what vision can God give you that's crazy? That, well, that's never been done before. You know, like that. Imagine, I got a dream. I have a dream. I have a vision. I have a horizon of actually seeing that take place. And I'm just going to take place this year. Holy Spirit, we love you. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Come. 
There's nobody like you, Lord. You're so good. But even as they're playing right now, the Spirit of God's touching some of your hearts. Touching some of your hearts. If those of you have been barren, those of you that are areas of your life and your ministry, and I'm going to invite, I cross um, Pastor jo- Joel. I'm just going to invite the three or four people that work with me up front. Is that okay with you? And I'll call any of your leaders if you want to come also. Scott and Julie, Ken Sandin, Keith Johnson, come forward. I mean, they're all from different churches too. They've been part of our One Nation one day. They were in the tents doing miracles just in July. Doing miracles. And so this is Ken, that's Keith, and that's Scott and Julie. And so all of them operate in the power of God as a normal believer. And so I'll come down too. But those of you that are, you know, those of you, to honor what Pastor Dwayne said, to honor it means to get it. And therefore, those of you that have any area of barrenness in your life, physical barrenness where you're not able to have children, ministry where you're not able to be fertile and produce a lot of fruit, Lord, businesses that are not yet fertile, producing a lot of fruit. Ministries that are not birthing a thing, or or things that haven't even been born yet. And you want something new. You want God to broaden your horizon. You want God to heal your barrenness. You want God to broaden your horizon. You want God to expand you. You want God to enlarge you. You want God to kick out the walls of your thinking so that he can come and make room for what his thinking will look like inside of you. If you want to do that today, I believe God does those things. I believe that when you honor something like this, you say yes. When 12 years ago when I read that scripture, I just said yes. I said, God, I want to give you nations. I want to give you nations. I don't know how. Mission to me wasn't even formed yet. I, I didn't even know how. But I said, I cannot live without giving you the greatest glory I possibly can. I cannot go out with just what you've already done in my ministry. I want God to move and give me nation. And God heard that cry. It was a scream. It was a very quiet prayer. It took about maybe 45 seconds. I said, thank you, Lord, for all you've done. Glory to your name. And now I'm 55 years old. I ask you, I want to give you two nations before I die. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how to do it. I don't know nothing, but I say yes. 25-second prayer. That's all I prayed. And God marked my life that day and began to set me on a course. And he brings the relationship. And he takes all the giftings and the callings in your life. And he brings them forth. So there are many of you just come. I definitely want to pray for you. I just want to lay hands on you also. And let's see an impartation. That which I carry, I want to impart it to you. That which I believe, the faith in my spirit, I want it to be able to become pregnant with that faith in your own life. Don't limit yourself today. If you're a young person, these guys, Dominic wrote a book when he was 20 years old. Never say you're too young to do great things for God. He was 20 years old. 20 years old, he wrote a book, Never Say You're Too Young to Do Great Things for God. And within a very short time, he was in Honduras with 35,000 people, led a million people to Jesus before he was 25, and he never even talks about it. Never say you're too young to be a history maker, a world changer. Never say you're too old. Never say you are too old to do great things for God. I'm 67, I'm warming up. I'm never too old to do great things for God. I have no excuse for age. I have no excuse for my history. I will not allow my history to be his story in my life today. I refuse. You're going to write music. You're going to write way more music. If you've ever written any, you're going to write music. 
There are melodies from heaven you're going to get. There are songs you're going to get. You're going to be a God is a sharpening the pencil. And sometimes it's not. You want to do like this kind of pencil sharpener. But he's just going to put in the ones that go zoom and sharpen that pen. A pencil, because you're going to have words that when you sing them, they're going to be thoughts that you sing, born of God, that the moment you release them, it happens to people. It's going to be a a reformation type anointing that literally raises up people, touches people in an amazing way. This entire group is coming under an inundation and an enveloping of the Spirit of God to literally usher people into God's face, to literally usher people into God's place, to literally usher people into the face of God that He sees for them. Okay, let's go. Come on, let's go, guys. Get out of your seats. One thing I don't do is provoke, but I do. Get out of your seat and believe God. Get out of your seat. Maybe this is your moment. No matter if you've ever said no yes before, say yes bigger, louder than you've ever said it on the inside of you. God can take everything and restore everything by the power of the Spirit. So, Lord, before we pray, we release the kingdom of God. On earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom is here now to us and through us to everyone here now. Your power, your deliverance, your healing. And if you're sick today, we saw thousands of miracles, thousands, through ordinary people. Schools, streets, everywhere, ordinary people. Because there are no ordinary people. The only people who have an extraordinary God. So if you're sick... Actually, go to Julie over there so I know where you're at. Come, Holy Ghost. New horizons for your life. 